You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. So I have a bit of a different Star Trek story for you today. Listener Anne and I have been chatting back and forth about her experiences as a blind Star Trek fan. Uh, so rather than me telling you about it, I figured it's probably better to just hear it from her yourself. Uh, so I invited Anne to be on the show and we had a nice conversation about her experiences, about what she thinks about uh, Star Trek's depiction of disabilities, uh, particularly blindness, and also what she would consider to be good representation of blindness in Star Trek. Uh, she also let me in on what she does to help her enjoy Star Trek more as a, as a blind person and a fan. So let's hear from Anne. Uh, so, right. So, Anne, uh, you're a, 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 a consumer of daily Star Trek news. You watch the show. You, I, I, you're always constantly retweeting us on Twitter, and I appreciate that. Um, you and I have been talking a little bit for a while, and now I, I just really wanted to bring you on the show and talk about your experiences because we have had some really interesting discussions about uh, Star Trek and, in particular, the way it treats differently abled people. So, uh, can you just give me an introduction? I, tell me about your story how did you I can't remember now how we even kind of started talking do you remember well well I first of all I just want you to know Allison I am honored to be on your podcast I I can't tell you how much this means to me to answer your question um how did we start talking well I found you in like what January or February after yeah, I knew that year. Janeway was yes uh 2021 um, after I knew that Janeway was coming back in Star Trek Prodigy, maybe I should just start there. Star Trek, um, without telling you my whole first contact story, <laughs> um, Star Trek didn't mean anything to me when it was just next generation or, you know, whatever was there. One night, one Saturday night in like February or March of 1995, I'm this 15 year old doing dishes and my family's watching their TV show in the other room. And all of a sudden it just grabbed my attention, something about sick bay and this doctor and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, by the end of that episode of Star Trek Voyager, I had decided to join my family in watching the show and if you will, met Captain Janeway for the first time. And I'm like, this Captain Janeway woman, I got to come back for her next week. So, so I, <laughs> I uh, embraced Star Trek Voyager and, and Captain Janeway. And Captain Janeway has always been my favorite character. I'm not even a diehard Star Trek fan. I'm a diehard Catherine Janeway fan. Janeway fan. And when I found <laughs> out, yes. And when I found out she was coming back in on Prodigy, it was like, what, November or something of 2020? And I'm like, am I hearing this right? Oh, my God. I'm all over this. But I found out on like an hour-long Star Trek podcast because I had searched my like podcatcher of choice for Star Trek. And I, I gleaned this piece of news out of this um, 
they just happened to put it in like the title of the podcast that was lasting, you know, each episode lasts like an hour or so. And I'm like, I do not want to spend an hour <laughs> out of every week listening to a podcast. But oh my God, any information about Star Trek Prodigy, especially now that, especially now that I know that Janeway's involved, tell me all about it. Tell me everything you know. And then I did another search a few months later for Star Trek podcasts. And I found this beautiful little 15 minute <laughs> per episode, <laughs> sweet little bite sized thing called Daily Star Trek News. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> that is how <laughs> a lot you. of people come to us. <laughs> like, and I, I don't know have time. you'll keep me. Uh, yeah, I don't have time for all of this, but any prodigy news that you can get, I, I'm, I, I trust that you will keep me posted. Yeah. And you have not let me down. You've, you've been my source for news. And Thank you so much. And thank you all the more for deciding that I was worth inviting onto the podcast. Oh, you know, it's my pleasure. And so you and I have been talking um, in particular about um, uh, blindness accessibility. I don't know the right terms. I apologize. Um, and it's something that before I ever met you has actually been a concern for our show because we, uh, like, I don't know if you notice every time if there's trailers and stuff like that, we always try to describe what's happening because I've had feedback from other listeners that having that description of the teaser or whatever is really helpful for people who are uh, partially sighted or blind. Um, and so that's something that we've always added in. And then I don't know how yes, exactly and I, you I and I started talking about that. <laughs> well, and now it's the team of writers <laughs> who so do true. that. Um, but so it's always been something that's uh, interested me personally in providing that as a service to uh, folks who are partially sighted. Um, and, and you and I got to talking about uh, not just uh, accessibility of like the Star Trek shows in general, but then also we started talking about how Star Trek actually treats uh, people with disabilities or different abilities. And um, you had some thoughts on that. So what yeah. I would like to hear from you, if you could give us okay. a little bit of, of um, background on, because uh, you're sight impaired, right? I, could you tell me about yes. a little bit about just generally your experiences with that? And then also like how you consume Star Trek. I'm, con I'm interested in that too. Well, as a matter of fact, let's just call it like it is. I'm blind. I'm like 100% like I'm totally blind. I believe totally blind is the correct word. But um, yeah, I was I've been blind uh, from birth due to extreme early birth. Um, I was born like, what, four or five months early. I'm a miracle baby. Wow. And it was either. Let me die or put so much oxygen in the incubator I was in trying to keep me alive that they would burn out, burn out my retinas. So I lost my sight between I don't know seconds, minutes, hours, days at most after birth. I've not seen a day in my life. Hmm. And um, Star Trek, at first, my family and I, you know, for the first, for what was left of the first season, I, uh, again, it was February or March of 95. So it was like, sixth or seventh episode or something of season one i can tell you which episode it was if you wanted me to know if you wanted to know but of course i want to know the point what is was it <laughs> i there was something as phage started or, or maybe not started but 
Neelix is being attacked. They're rushing him to sick bay. The holographic doctor is trying to treat him. Captain Janeway is taking this, taking on this mission of finding whoever took his lungs and getting them back. That's oh, right. I remember that episode. somewhere in the <sighs> midst of that. My attention got grabbed from the other room. Right. And uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you my first contact story. Yeah, uh, yeah, so I'm supposed to be doing dishes. I'm standing in front of the sink. Theoretically, I'm doing dishes, but somewhere along the line, hearing all of this commotion on the TV. And you got to remember, well, you don't have to remember because you never knew this about me. I almost went into medical transcription. I've always been, I've been interested in yeah, medical stuff for a long time. Yeah. And so here I am trying to follow this medical saga in the other room. Theoretically, I'm supposed to be washing dishes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my uncle got wise to it. He said, why don't you finish those dishes so you can come out here and watch this with us? I'm like, OK. <laughs> so so that first season. Most weeks we. Sat down together as a family and watched it. Um, when we couldn't do that, I would. Watch it at my grandfather's house and. Back then, there was either no such thing as audio description or it was nowhere near as widely available as it is now. I'm so happy that now that they have Star Trek Prodigy and Star Trek Discovery, even those are available with audio description. Mm -hmm. So if you know how to set that up, you can get it um, with audio description. I don't know if Voyager ever was retroactively created with audio description, um, but the point is, um, if I wasn't sitting with someone who was sighted watching it with me. I would just kind of take what I could from the dialogue. Um, and, you know, because obviously I couldn't see it. And you and I got to talking about, well, yeah, what I think this whole saga of us actually talking started with the, the weekly when daily Star Trek news in a way became weekly Star Trek news yeah. and therefore got so much more interactive with the chat. And I, I am no stranger to interacting with YouTube live streams by then. And I started interacting with the chat. And the first thing that happened was, uh, so what video game, what was it? There was a poll that you had going, what video game oh, would right. you be crazy about or something? And I was like, well, instead of answering the poll, I'm going to say something in the chat that video games, when I think about video games, I just think of things that blind people can't connect with. And that may or may not be true. To be fair, there may be some video game creators that may have created accessible um video games. I'm not that much of a gamer. I'm not a gamer at all, really, but I do know of someone who is blind and is. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's doable. But my response was, if I was into gaming and if I had any reason to believe that it was accessible to the blind, I might consider trying out Star Trek Legends, potentially. I might get a mm -hmm. Apple Arcades subscription for yeah. that. And you're like, you know, we should talk. I'd like to talk to you more about that. And we emailed back and forth about that. And then three weeks ago, and even I, like what, four weeks ago, Paramount Plus did it, and then you did it. 
you had this thing going on where you said, if you, Paramount Plus said, if you were on a starship, you said in your poll, if you were on the Enterprise crew, bridge crew, yeah. what job would you want? Right. And again, instead of answering your poll, Allison, I said in the chat, what position can I have? Yeah. What kind of job could a blind person have on a starship? I don't like the fact that the Federation theoretically has cured blindness. I want the Federation to embrace people of all kinds, including disabilities, mm -hmm. and find a place for us. And let me just go ahead and say this. Jordy LaForge, I don't know much about, well, I don't, I won't say, I don't, I'm semi-familiar with the next generation, but I'm familiar enough to know yeah. that Jordy LaForge, theoretically, he's supposed to be just like me, born blind or bit blind from birth. And yet, you know, a great character, fabulous chief engineer, but he literally knew his way around his engine room because he had this thing he threw over his eyes and lived as a sighted person, even though he was supposed to be blind. Right. Okay, as a person who's been blind my whole life, I'm not okay with that. I mean... Because what does that say about you and your... What does that say about me and people like me who maybe... I mean, if I was ordered to undergo a procedure where my sight was suddenly restored, I would be worried about what that would do i mean all of a sudden i just celebrated my 42nd birthday that means i've i've Happy lived birthday, for 42 years thank you <laughs> i've lived for 42 years never having seen a day in my life so all of a sudden you throw all this sensory all these crazy images all this stimulation at my brain that has never has never faced any of that what would that do what, what kind of effect would that have? So I have a question for you. Um, is the issue here one of uh, autonomy and, be, okay, I'm gonna read between the lines. What it feels like is that maybe by insisting that we can cure blindness in the 24th century, that uh, there's kind of a like an abled supremacy, right? That um, being well, yeah. able to see I, is normal and not being able to see is not normal. And that kind of is at yeah. odds with what we think of Star Trek ideals, right? So Federation, yeah, the, the Federation, first of all, it's my life right now. You know, yeah. I'm I, I'm faced with situations where I'm like, well, I wonder, you know, maybe sighted people would have problems doing this, that, or another thing. But as a blind person, I feel like I depend on people even more because they can see what's going on and I can't. Um, and my biggest um, issue in, in current life is figuring out, okay, who am I going to get to drive me there? Or how am I going to arrange, what transportation do I have to arrange there? Um, you went on a scientific tangent a few weeks ago about how Star Trek is largely things that we haven't invented yet, but mm -hmm. that's everything except the transporter. We're never going to live to see the day that there's a transporter. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know enough about science 
to have any kind of leg to stand on to argue with you, but you don't know how much I want to be able to just say, Verdine to workplace and to workplace, um, beam me on over. And yeah. the office coordinator at my workplace could have me like next to her desk or even at my workstation in 0.5 seconds. Right. Um, and the bottom line is in this, in this future where there's warp drive and holograms and Captain Janeway and, and a blind engineer who lives like a sighted person. I mean, that seems to say to me, here's a cure for your blindness. Now go be as useful of an officer as the rest of your sighted crewmates. What if a person's not perfectly able-bodied? Are they thrown out of Starfleet? Or yeah. are they actually, you know, have they figured out, you know, with all, with everything that you have at that point, create a hologram to be that person's built-in assistant or create a computer that can, I don't know, I say the commands to the computer and have the computer do it instead right. of you having to look at the screen and, and use your touch screen. I mean, and you know, there are touch screen devices nowadays that are actually very usable by the blind. But the point is, you know, you're, you're, I guess I just want to see barriers broken around disability, which maybe Star Trek's headed there. Mm -hmm. um, I know that with, well, with Janeway, we had the first female captain with discovery. I guess we have some, uh, I, I'm not as familiar with Discovery, but we I, I understand we have some LGBTQ uh, characters. Yep. Um, let's create some disability acceptance as well, because for all of the equal rights and freedom that the United Federation of Planets is supposed to believe in, let's start with our fellow human who can't manipulate a console because it's all touchscreen and visual and they can't see. Well, does that mean they are not capable of being a useful Starfleet officer? Is it, does, it, does it not come down to a choice of the application of technology? So, you know, they have cured blindness by giving Geordi a visor, but they haven't made those beautiful L cars display accessible and usable by people who are not sighted. It, they've chosen to go down the techno the, the route of fixing what no normal people perceive to be a disability rather than actually broadening it. Now, something that you said in an email, which was really interesting to me, was that you would like to see an episode of Star Trek where a planet applies for inclusion in the Federation <laughs> and the entire planet is blind. They, none of them <laughs> that see. That would be interesting. <laughs> right, and how does that work? How do our people from that planet, are they disqualified from Starfleet or forced to undergo surgery to enhance their sight? How does that work? Or forced to put the put the visors on or right. yeah, right. I mean I is it about curing the disability that they've had all their lives 
Or is it about acknowledging, okay, these people are different from us. These people are really different from us. And valuable but they and are, worth. But they are also and valuable worth, and right? worth. Yeah, they're, they are also valuable and, and worth. worth. <sighs> we've created, we've gone leaps and bounds in medical technology. Let's create a technology so that even as blind people, they're just as valuable as this entire crew who has eyes in, in, in the front of their faces that actually right. work. Yeah. And I know there are probably people that <laughs> would be like, well, why in the world would they even, I mean, put the visor on. Why would you, well, you know, if you are blind and long for that visor, then for your sake, I hope they create the visor. But I guess it might be a matter of, do you want your sight back or do you want to be considered a valuable person in spite of your blindness? And you, I as would a like human, to be right, an autonomous person. Yes. You should be allowed to be the one to make that decision and you should be yeah. valued in society equally, regardless of the decision that you make, right? Yeah. I and so should every person. I mean, if you choose, if you're blind and you choose to to get a visor or undergo a procedure and get your sight back. Good for you. Uh, live long and prosper. Have a wonderful <laughs> life as a sighted person. But for people who, <clears throat> for people who have never known anything but the blind life and don't want to experience, you know, don't want to, don't want to experience, don't want to be a baby trapped in a forty-something-year-old's body because they their brain doesn't know how to interpret what they're seeing because they've never seen it before. If we choose to live as blind people, but want to be valued and allowed to have the same rights as sighted people, we should be a lot, we should be allowed that. And theoretically the Star Trek infinite diversity and infinite combinations, that whole philosophy that we think we aspire to um, yeah. should allow, encourage, and celebrate that, right? Start with your fellow humans, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, it's great that you embrace that, you know, the diversity of other, you know, members of other species and, you know, other planets, but let's start with our fellow humans. And like I said, Star Trek is far from over. Um, maybe we will make, uh, you know, maybe we will break some barriers in the blindness field. I mean, my my only the only thing that I've seen was, like I said, Jordy and his visor, and then right. some. I I know small amounts about Discovery. I know enough about it that I don't know. There was some scene where. Captain Lorca and I don't know, some crewmate or admiral or somebody, I don't know, somebody was talking to him in his ready room and, and he he had to squint at her or something. And oh, because of his like, eyes. Yeah. She's like, you're visually impaired. Why don't you get your damn eyes fixed? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, I, that's his choice. But <laughs> right. <laughs> so I mean, again, it's about, well, why don't you get your problem fixed? And to that, I would say, why don't you learn that my problem, as you call it, is a part of who I am and stop trying to sidestep it and right. fix it. Right. So tell me, 
what, uh, if you had an experience with one of the new shows where you thought, yes, that's how I would like to see blind people represented in Star Trek, what does that look like to you? What, what, what would you be seeing? Um, what kind of things would happen that, that would make you go, yes, finally? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think it would be an interesting, I mean, I don't know, something happens on an away mission or something. Um, someone's clearly injured. Okay, get him to sick bay, him, her, them, whoever, get them to sick bay. Uh, doctors reporting to captain. Um, they're gonna survive, but I the damage to their optic nerve or optic cortex or whatever, I don't know, whatever is just irreversible. I can keep them alive. I can give them a good quality of life as best I can, but as far as their sight, there's nothing I can do. Right. They're blind. Then the rest of the episode is about, okay, there's nothing we can do to fix this what do we do in fact maybe we should just go there are they what medically discharged from starfleet yeah and then the captain's like well wait a minute admiral with all due respect this is a brilliant person and one of my most valued officers and i'm not willing to just drop him off at the nearest star base and say well thank you for your service have a wonderful life and just leave them to figure out how to live knowing what they could have been, mm -hmm. but because of this stupid accident that took their sight away forever, they're no longer allowed to be that. You know, I, I forgive me for not being willing to just follow your orders, but I think this person is capable of being a valued officer in spite of their blindness. Let's make some accommodations. Let's, I mean, okay, medically, there's nothing that can be done. So let's get some, I don't know, an engineer or a, I don't know, some technologist to create, I don't know. I well, if nothing else, a hologram that can work with this person yeah. to, you know, it's a, it's a team effort between the visual assistant holographic program and the officer who is now blind for life to right. do that, to, to, to do their collective job. The hologram's job is to help the blind, the, the blind officer do their job and live their full life as a blind person. Right. So you're having a plot can, where somebody experiences blindness, but you're starting from, they still have a really important job to do. Yeah. They're experiencing blindness. And rather than the Admiral or whoever saying, well, drop them off at this star base and we'll <laughs> reconnect them with their family. And, you know, wish them all the best, but yeah. I mean, there's nothing they can do for Starfleet anymore. Yeah. You know, even if that is what the Admiral originally says, 
I want a captain to stand up to that and say, look, as this person's captain, as this person's friend, as this person's as as this person's commanding officer who sees more in them than their blindness, they're a valued member of the Federation of Starfleet of this ship, and I'm not going to just abandon them just because they've lost their sight. And for all of the, again, as I've said before, for all of the um, equality that the Federation embraces, it seems to run counter to the Federation values that we take this wonderful Starfleet officer and say, well, you lost us at, I can't see. You lost us at Dr. So-and-so saying, this person is blind and I cannot cure it. And then they live happily ever after being the most awesome kick-ass officer <laughs> on the entire ship for the rest of the series. I mean, yeah. I'm for it. I think, are made. <laughs> I think we should write that is, right now. There. <laughs> Get the... on the phone to somebody and make that happen. <laughs> Yeah, who can I talk to at Star Trek? Who's yeah, I don't know. To to this? <laughs> and we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll consult with them about blindness and let's write this. Whether we're talking about an episode of Discovery or Prodigy, or, or what other series are coming up, uh, or if we create Strange a whole series worlds. about yeah. Strange New Worlds, mm-hmm. or if we create a whole series about a new ship on the regular mission of exploring strange new worlds, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then a whole subplot, a very large, maybe subplot, even the whole plot possibly, but probably not the whole plot is officer. So-and-so Lieutenant so-and-so commander. So-and-so even ensign. So-and-so brilliant officer, valued officer. Oh my God. They just lost their sight and there's something the doctors can do. What are we going to do now? whatever it takes to maintain their value on this ship. So, Anna, I'm curious, um, do you, as somebody who's blind, do you have any top tips for other people who are blind who want to enjoy Star Trek? What's the best way that you found? I mean, you, we talked we talked about audio descriptive, which is sadly lacking Star Trek people. Uh, the new shows are pretty good. <laughs> But the older shows, I, I don't know what they're doing. I don't understand what the holdup is. Um, yeah, please, Paramount Plus. Yeah. Let's, get let's on get, that, please. Let, let's, let, I, uh, the Next Generation, Voyager, the, the original. You know, come yeah. on, please. Retro, retrofit that with audio description. Come on, you guys can do it. Uh, but for, for, for other uh, blind or partially sighted uh, people, do you have any top tips of how best, that, any, any tips or tricks that you um, use to enjoy it better? Other than listening to Daily Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, uh, first of all, um, well, first of all, Daily Star Trek News does do a much better job at describing than like some. Stop. No, I was joking about that. (laughs) But well, (laughs) well, okay. Uh, Is there anything that I can say to help? blind Star Trek fans actually enjoy it. Um, Unfortunately, until they put, this is why I'm so wanting audio description. I I don't know what the secret is of advocating audio description in a way that actually brings it to people. But um, unfortunately, if audio description doesn't exist, I guess 
Well, it's what we unfortunately are stuck doing quite often in life itself. Is there any way you can enlist sighted? You know, is there any way you can actually, I say, is there any way you can enlist someone sighted to watch it with you? And then it occurs to me, there is a service here. How about a way to plug this? My favorite service that exists in the 21st century is called IRA, A-I-R-A, a, a, I, artificial intelligence remote assistance. I'm not sure what the artificial intelligence part is, but it's an app on your smartphone. Unfortunately, if you don't have a smartphone, uh, I would like to see IRA come up with an app that works for people who don't have smartphones, but as of now, they haven't done it yet. But if you have uh, an iOS, an iPhone or an Android phone, they have apps. Um, and you use this app to connect with a human being and, um, and they can use the camera on your iPhone to watch what you watch. So if you have, say, Paramount Plus on your Apple TV or even Paramount Plus on your iPad or Android tablet or something and you call from your phone, you can, with their help, position the camera in a way that um, they can see what you're seeing. And holding that camera for an hour, it, well, first of all, that would be kind of inconvenient. Secondly, <laughs> hard, yeah. you would be looking, secondly, you would be looking at, there's a budgetary aspect to this too, because uh, as of, well, as of right now, I mean, you can get Ira for free and go, there are, there's an, a, there's a growing, uh, it's called Ira Access Network. Um, if you go to particular places or you're, um, going to particular websites who have decided that they're going to offer IRA for free with yeah. their, um, with their, uh, programs or websites or locations, you can get, you know, some amount of, you know, maybe, you know, in some cases it's unlimited, in some cases it's like 30 minutes a day, in some mm -hmm. cases, it's, I mean, you know, there are various ways to do that. Unfortunately, I'm afraid watching Star Trek as of right now does not qualify as, as an IRA access um, yeah. task. Plus there's a lot of hours. There's a lot of hours of Star Trek. There's a lot of hours <laughs> worth of Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the, the IRA agent isn't necessarily gonna know. I mean, if you get lucky and get an IRA agent who's, who knows Voyager, yeah. they would say, okay, Captain Janeway just walked out of the uh, room yeah but um the ira agent you know might not know it was captain janeway if i they might say okay the lady just walked out or the captain just walked out or whatever yeah. i'm sure as they watched it they would get familiar with it or somewhat familiar with it yeah. but the point is i guess i'm saying a million words to say that one alternative way to get audio description where there is none is to subscribe to ira but yeah. that's yeah. You know, if you can afford it, um, or get someone but, to help you if you have or somebody get, who can do. Or that yeah, if you have a if you have a, if you have a friend, a sighted friend who 
turns out to be a Trekkie, you know, certainly ask them, hey, would you mind uh, coming over or or I'll come see you or how can we meet and watch us some Star Trek and you can tell me what the heck's going on because there's some parts that I just can't get enough out of the dialogue and darn them, they don't have it audio described yet. So, right. <laughs> I mean, I love Star Trek, but what's this not audio described? Thank you, Paramount Plus, for having like Discovery and Prodigy. Yeah, the newer ones. Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah, but, but that doesn't help the class. That doesn't ones. help those of us who yeah. want Next Generation Voyager, et cetera, et cetera, that doesn't have description yet. Let's retrofit fit them with audio description right well and thank you so much for coming on the show it's been really uh interesting and it's really been valuable to hear um your experience and how how everything interacts with star trek and your blindness uh i i would love to see some more audio description and um hopefully we can i don't know maybe this will reach somebody that we can get a little better representation of people who are differently abled in Star Trek. I hope so. I hope so too. Uh, anyway, let's, let's keep talking because, um, yeah, I, I want to see how, how things evolve over time. Um, and thank you as as well, just for being a listener of daily Star Trek news. It's a wonderful time to see you in the chat on the weekends (laughs) and the, and the live streams. And I, I really appreciate uh, you being there and, um, spending time with me. So thank you very it's much. It's become again. one of the really highlights much. of my weekend. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much, Anne. And, um, and yeah, that's all for today. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Once again, I want to thank Anne for coming on the show and sharing her experiences. Uh, a couple of things we didn't actually get to talk about, but I wanted to make sure that I shared with you that were uh, resources for blind or partially sighted people who enjoy Star Trek. Uh, so the first one is the Audio Description Project, or ADP. It's part of the American Council of the Blind. They maintain a list of audio descriptive uh, tracks for uh, movies and television shows. You can find that at ADP acb.org and if you are a paramount plus subscriber you can also find a paramount plus specific list of uh, just of those titles and that's at adp.acb.org slash paramount html so once again that's adp.acb.org for that list of audio descriptive uh, tracks that are available Also, there's a Star Trek watch party that's put on by the iBlind users group, or iBug. They watch an audio descriptive episode of Star Trek and then get together to chat about it. Uh, You can find out more about that group and what they're doing um, and also uh, get involved uh, at iBugToday.com. And it's iBugToday.com forward slash Trekkie hyphen talk. So that's ibugtoday.com forward slash trekkie hyphen talk. You can find out more information about that watch party there. I'll leave links to all of these things in the show notes today down below. (laughs) Thank you very much for watching. Live long and prosper. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.